Hey, 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 Millies. Welcome to another episode of the Millie Walk Talk podcast, a podcast for Christian millennials. This is a space created by a Christian millennial for Christian millennials, where we will bring about guidance, healing, and purpose via transparent and authentic conversations. The goal here is to one, make God cool and to keep God cool. And two, to help millennials navigate through this hard life of following Jesus in a world where Jesus is not cool. So today I have on the episode with me, again, my sister, Ashley, and a good, good friend, Aaron. So say hi to them, my friends, guys. Hey, guys. Yo, yo, what's going on? <laughs> so I'll allow them, give them a second to introduce themselves, Aaron. Uh, what's going on, everybody? My name is Aaron Hawkins uh, from the DMV area. I'm a member of uh, the Zion Church of uh, PG County, and uh, uh, PG County, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just just here to uh, help a friend out, show that I love God, and uh, yeah, let's get it. Now show that I love God. <laughs> hey Ashley. guys, um, I'm Ashley. I'm also from the DMB area. What else we got to tell about ourselves? I don't know, y'all. I love God. I love fun. I love creative things. And I'm just here to show my, you know, my walk and my journey. Thank you guys again for joining us. So we're going to move right along into our Millie moment. If you are unfamiliar with what a Millie moment is, a Millie moment is simply a moment in a recent moment that you have been prompted by God or the Holy Spirit to just move in something that wasn't the societal norm. So something is going against the grain and you chose to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit was telling you to do. Y'all, what do y'all want? Jump in or y'all want me to get mine first? Uh, I guess I could go first. Um, I guess mine would just be, so I'm also a stand-up comedian. And so I guess just like uh, breaking through and just uh, performing stand-up in like unusual places. So uh, Unusual places? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like I was invited by, by a friend to like um, do stand-up like at a family Christmas party, but my jokes kind of were like, I was talking about like, it's like being a stripper, but like being a Christian stripper. And so like, but like his grandma was there, but like I was just being obedient because God was just oh, like, no. go tell jokes. And so like, it's what I had wrote down. And you thought the Christian stripper joke was... I just, uh, I just, don't lie. I know a Christian stripper. Y'all, I went... Please don't judge me, y'all. I went to... When I first turned like 18, I went to Baz and Crew. And no lie. I didn't even go to the good strip. All right, wait. I ain't know no better. Somebody <laughs> took me. Somebody took me. I went, went to the strip club, saw this little stripper. Y'all, no lie. This was like a Friday night. No lie. Sunday, I was at First Baptist Church in Glen Arden, and Shawty worked there. I was like, oh, oh, talk about Christian strippers. They're, hey, they're Rahab real. was a Christian stripper if you want to be, I mean, oh, we're not, we not about to come for Rahab. I mean, she was a little bit of both. She dibbled and dabbled. Are you trying to come for Rahab? That's what I'm No, nah, that's my man. All right, then. That's my man. Yeah. So, uh, aside from that point, uh, it was just weird because, like, his grandma and, like, great aunts and stuff was there. And they was like, like, when I finished, they was like, yeah, we got to get oil on his forehead because, like, yeah. But, like, I mean, I had to tell him, too, like, offline, like, yeah, no, I really love God. It's just, you know, (laughs) like, I really do love God. It's just, uh, you know. Did they laugh at the Christian stripper joke? Or was it They did. They did did actually laugh. Yeah, that's. But they was like, yeah, we gonna laugh. They laughed, but they boom, was boom, boom, boom. Let's get this. <laughs> Touch like, and agree. They laughed, but they was like, oh, this is uh, awkward. This is awkward. <laughs> Major awkward. Yeah. So, um, it was just like me walking in obedience and just yeah, like not being afraid to do what God called me to do. Respect. Um. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I feel like I have 
other talents. You other was telling Christian stripper jokes? No. <laughs> you said the same thing. <laughs> Some of the last part you said. Let me not. Okay. okay. Anyways, <laughs> like I was saying, um, I think being obedient and like kind of just recognizing my own gifts and talents outside of what I do, my nine to five. So like just so I started telling somebody that, you know, oh, I don't think I'm qualified. Well, you see, I'm qualified. You know. Like, actually accepting things. Like, when people ask me to make a wig or when someone asks me to do their makeup and they'll be like, not just do my makeup. I don't do other people's makeup. Like, really actually accepting that if it's a multi- something that's happened multiple times, it's not just me in my head thinking. It's really God saying, no, you. There, there's a lane for you in that area. And although mm. there's a thousand people maybe doing the same thing, clearly if someone's asking you several times whether it's different people you know or don't know, then you have a talent that I'm, I've blessed you with and I want you to be able to, you know, share it and actually do it. So just being obedient that. That's respect. Um, I'll definitely say my Millie moment would have to be um again, being obedient to the Holy Spirit, but being obedient in a way that was very uncomfortable for me. Um, I the company that I work for, like my coworkers, we all work in like one closed space. So we have a lot of different type of conversations about literally any and everything. And while I would not say I'm the only Christian in the room, I think that I am the only person that is actively trying to follow this lifestyle. And whenever questions come up, come about in the workplace, it's always Armani, what you think? Or like Armani, what does the Bible say about this? Or like they, they just, I'm the, the go-to Christian person in my office. I and that. I hate it. <laughs> Actually, I, I, hate that. I don't want to say I hate it because to somewhat I... I think that that's our responsibility as Christians to help mm-hmm. people that don't navigate, that don't know to really just give them the education. So it, I'm not gonna say I hate it, but it's very uncomfortable for me. And um, so this past week we were talking about, I don't actually, I don't even remember what the conversation was, but in some, not always, I would say when it's a topic that I'm not familiar with, or it's like scripture that I'm not familiar with, I'll kind of like shy away from answering it or giving my input. Or even if it's a topic that I feel like, the answer that the the real answer is not an answer that they would be pleased with. I kind of like I'll be like, oh, no comment or something like that. Sometimes I'll I'll shrink myself. I don't want to say shrink, but I'll I'll pull back from a conversation for the sake of not disrupting the work environment or making people feel uncomfortable and blah 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 blah. And we did so. I actually know the conversation was about homosexuality and it navigated to other places. But I'll say. Going into the conversation, when I when I felt where it was about to go, I was like, oh, Jesus, like, really? We got to do this today? Like, we got to do this today? But I did indulge in the conversation, and I think it ended up being very um, educational for my coworkers. So that's really my Millie moment, just being obedient to and letting the spirit lead me in a conversation that I knew I wasn't going to really be comfortable with. Respect to you. That's tough. It is. <laughs> yeah. it's. I, I'm about that's to say, tough. working... And two people in my office kind of like, one is bi and one is gay gay. So I'm like, gay gay. Sometimes come like, and it's like, I have no problem with gay people, but it's just like having those conversations in a workplace, let it like, they're always going to be tough to have in like Christian settings, but to have them in a non-Christian setting and it's work, like, I just like, oh, geez, like, do we really have to do this? But it was, it was definitely a, a Walking away, like, especially when they, when we have conversations and they come back and tell me, they're like, I really appreciate your insight on that. I appreciate you. Like, it, 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 it's, for me, I feel like it's God reaffirming to me that, that he was working with me through the conversation. Like, it wasn't just me stepping out, giving my input without, like, really trying to give them what the Bible says or what, like, you know, that type of thing. 
So yeah. Um, okay, so the next portion of this episode is really just going to be us getting deeper into the the idea or the stigma of mental health in the Christian and faith-based worlds. So again, um, we're just going to go through and literally just kind of give a little testimony, give y'all some encouragement on how to navigate mental health while being a Christian and all of the taboo things and stigmas that come along with that. So whoever wants to jump first, don't all raise your hands at once. But let's start here. Um, Can y'all define mental health for like for yourself? Like not a textbook definition, but what is it to you? I can start. Um, I think personally mental health for me is just the capability to sustain like your sanity in every aspect. So whether it's just I need the sanity to wake up in the morning and get my day started for work or the sanity to deal with interactions with people in social environments or just even yourself. Like it's just the the way you allow and control your own mind because although it is powerful, you have control over it. So it's how you navigate those different things when it comes to how your mind moves and how you let it be worked and controlled on the day. Um, so my definition is definitely uh, not as um, SAT as that. <laughs> uh, I just think for me, mental health is just like how the things around you affect like how you feel and how you think, I guess, if that makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like yeah just protecting your space basically mm-hmm. like your your yeah. your mental space your thought process and such that's respect. it <laughs> respect i i'm actually not i don't really have an answer for that i, I think both of y'all kind of like took them out of my head kind of i my definition wouldn't be like textbook related like I, I definitely would say if i had to define it for myself it would be definitely more of what aaron said just protecting my energy and mm-hmm. uh, like just like physically you gotta protect your space so you wear like when you're riding the bike you wear helmets and stuff to protect that part of your body i think that the aspect of mental health is really just how how well you manage your your mental how well you manage your um your emotions so to say so let's move right along what type of mental illnesses do you guys struggle with whether it's just like um i don't want to say surface level but whether it's more um more of a diagnosis like in a serious sense, like if we can go to the extreme of maybe schizophrenia, or is it something to the to the other side of the spectrum where it's just like really emotionally, like maybe depression? And it's, it's not like I don't want to say medicated because you can get medicated for depression, but not like it's not that extreme if you get what I'm saying. Like y'all get yeah, I get what you're going. Um, if I'm continuing again, I think um, definitely depression, and I don't. I don't know if I'm, like, low-key borderline anxiety. Like, I've never been diagnosed with either one of them, but I can identify a lot with the symptoms and the behaviors associated with both of those, like, I guess, mental illnesses. So I think it's more so a depression than anxiety, but I think I have situational anxiety, if that makes sense. Agreed. Um, I think for me, uh, what I struggle well. I struggle with uh, a lot of people don't know this to be a thing, but um, I kind of been diagnosed, but there was no like clear sign of it. Uh, there's a such thing as seasonal depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same. I, I think I struggle with seasonal depression. Um, I also struggle with low self esteem and um, anxiety as well. Okay. So um, yeah. 
Okay, so my next question is on the physical sense, like on the outside sense, what is what is the result of that? Like how do y'all present, how does that affect your daily life like as you show up in the world? So you can mm-hmm. actually, you can, we can answer that in two ways. How does that affect how you show up in the world? And how, how does that affect you in, on an individual sense, like emotionally? Um, I guess I could like tackle this one. Uh, from an anxiety standpoint, I feel like as a society, we've like kind of like thrown like this carpet word of like anxiety on like a lot of things. But it's like, it really boils down to like a simple definition of just like, you get anxious like yeah. a lot. So I know for me, I struggle with like, I guess the idea of being perfect and like not wanting to like make mistakes or mess up. So uh, I tend to get really anxious or like really like antsy if like I feel myself about to make a mistake or if I feel something about to go wrong, then I get like really anxious and I get like really like nervous and like, you know what I'm saying? I start like really moving like, uh, okay, uh, Aaron, what's next? Like, don't mess nothing up. What do you do? All right, like, stop, like, yeah. and I really get like tense. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, so it just affects me like, <laughs> right? It affects me like that. Uh, and uh, I guess like with depression, uh, it kind of all ties in because like once things, because we're inevitably human and we're gonna make mistakes, it will like pull my mood down and then I for periods of time will be like I can't do nothing like it'll transpire into thoughts of like I can't do nothing right like I always mess something up and like it will leave me to be like down in a place of like sadness for some time so yeah yeah I can feel that like when you said situational and like seasonal depression I definitely like it definitely hits home for me because I feel when it comes to like worldly I don't think, unless I've ever verbally told you that anybody I've ever known that I've ever been depressed. Like, no one can actually pinpoint and tell me that I knew you were depressed in that season on that period or that time. No one that, unless I've, like I said, told you. So I think when it comes to the world, it's um, it's twofold. Like, it's me, personally. I don't think I'm a very guarded, shielded person to people who don't know me. So I put that same shield and guard on when I enter the world. So I'll be completely normal with my friends. I'll be completely normal with my family. Like it's only in isolation that I can identify me actually having physical or emotional symptoms of depression. So if I'm by myself, it's more so, um, if I'm ever binge watching movies, like in a very, uh, I'm trying to find the word to say, like it's not in an unorganic way, but a real like sporadic, and random and isolated isolated manner it's more so I'm getting in a depressive state and that's aggressive I love movies so it's not like I don't, I'm just if I watch a movie today you think I'm depressed today it's not yeah. that but at the same time if I'm literally it's 7 o'clock in the morning I woke up and from 7 o'clock in the morning 7 o'clock at night I've watched every movie Netflix has in this particular category I'm depressed Yeah, and it's like it's other things other than that but when it comes to me I'm a very isolated person when it comes to my depression I am I think because I'm so overly guarded on the outside I'm overly emotional as well in the inside Mm -hmm. and because I'm an emotional person that's why I'm guarded so I definitely like one isolate like you if I'm depressed I'm probably not calling nobody I'm probably not returning texts I'm not going out like I and when I say going out I mean like I'm not leaving the house 
Like yeah. it's not even going out like we not going to the club tonight. I'm barely eating. Like I'm yeah. isolated to the point that I'm in my bed from the moment that I wake up to the moment that I go to sleep because <laughs> for whatever reason or feeling that I have, it's like it's me and me alone. Leave me alone. Don't come around me. Don't talk to me. Don't check on me. Like I even get low key upset. I guess if people start to interrupt my depression because I'm like I need I want to be here. So yeah, you oh well you said something you said something to me that uh like stood out uh you uh you started saying how like you um my movies yeah like you mm-hmm. you have like a pattern that would show like depression that I can tell you but like I also being like your friend for many many years you're also like a very like upbeat and like wow we have been I'm sorry that was such a off guard thought we have been friends for a really long time that, almost a decade. Loki, it's hey, really been like man, ten so years. Loki, we wow, Loki, that's crazy. It's almost been a decade. <laughs> you, my man. Yeah, it's definitely been like ten years. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, like I've always known you to be like an upbeat person, and so like the fact that you are able to say like I do struggle with depression, I wouldn't have ever known that just yeah. by like looking at you. But like the thing is, is like the happiest people usually are the people who struggle with depression, and mm-hmm. and so like. I actually like made a joke about this, which is like funny, but like yeah, but serious. <laughs> like serious is at the same time. Uh, like mental health is like the thing that like everybody struggles with, but like nobody can like see it. Mm-hmm. So like I couldn't look at you and be like, oh yeah, you depressed. Like mm-hmm. it's like it. We all, but we all deal with it. And so, it's like, intentional though. I, I intentionally make sure you don't know something's wrong. With right. You. Exactly. Yeah. So like I think like that's like a big struggle as well because like nobody would just be looking at me and just be like oh he's being like he's anxious right now he's dealing with anxiety yeah. but like they you excited. they just be like oh like he's just like he's really like That's jittery scary. like he's being, <laughs> yeah and, you associated with your personality now. like right exactly it like flips like I'm a comedian so like people think like oh when I'm just being in a room like and I'm trying to make everybody laugh that's really me being like anxious as crap like oh I gotta make everybody laugh like I gotta be like mm-hmm. look at me like, yeah so like uh yeah, that's yeah. Another, that's, I get that. Go ahead, Didi. Another thing. Oh, here. y'all, sorry. We have this extra person here that didn't want to introduce herself. I'm not an extra. Shout out person. to the producer. I'm the producer. The producer doesn't talk sometimes. Um, another thing that you said that stood out to me was you said that like when people check on you or they try to make sure you're okay, you somewhat get angry, and a lot of people don't associate anger with depression but that is one of the symptoms of depression irritability is a symptom of depression and it it kind of manifests in that way because it's just like I'm alone I'm in this shell but you're you're trying to come into my shell Mm -hmm. and that bothers me so like I don't think a lot of people like put the two together but irritability is definitely one of the biggest symptoms of depression that's all I wanted to say and I, you guys may know that me and Ashley are twins, and I think that a lot of what she said was I'm not gonna say funny, but it it was very different to me because I think that in in some aspects we're the same, but some some aspects were different. Isolation is probably something that we both like we do, but I also said I'm an introvert, so me wanting to be isolated isn't always associated with. Oh, I didn't say this. I would probably say that. At the most, I struggle with anxiety more than depression. But if anything, like, if I do feel like, if I'm in a state that I feel like, and I'm not, 
and I'll say for me, I would define my depression is I'm not myself. Like whether it's just like I had a long day at work and my, like I'm just I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm tired. And this again, this may not be the same for y'all, but I I would define depression for me is when I'm when I'm just not myself. Like there's something going on that is causing me to not be myself, and I'm I'm taking it really hard. And the one thing Ashley said that really resonated with me is that isolation. And for me, it was initially it was hard for me to determine determine when I was like I was just when I was depressed and I was when I just really wanted to be left alone. Like it was nothing wrong with me, but because I'm an introvert, like our pastor says this all the time, introverts are drained by people, whereas extroverts are fueled by people. And exactly. I had to, for me, like, isolation doesn't always mean that I'm depressed. It just means that I've been around people for a really long time or I'm, I'm exhausted by people and I just want a second to decompress for myself. And I had to separate those. But it's, I'll say the difference between me and Ashley is that when I am in a depressed state and I'm isolating myself, I think most people might agree with this, but I want people to reach out to me. I don't get mad. And I'll say, um... My uncle passed this past August, or depending on when you're listening to this, he passed in August of 2019. And I think I took it very hard. Like this was not the first death that was really close to me, but it was the first death that I was a grown adult. I was able to process my emotions differently. And I'm just I'm just going through life. And this is my first time losing somebody this close to me in a very long time. And I took it very differently. And I think me and my best friend, Prior to this, we would even still we we spend a significant amount of time together, and I think that I expect people that are close to me to know when there's something wrong with me. And in the, the fact that she didn't know that made me be like, oh dang, like, are you do you really pay attention to me if you don't know when something is wrong? Because it was, and we ended up having a conversation, and she was like, well, I didn't even know that you wanted me to reach out to you, and I was like, oh wow, like it it, it made me think that there's definitely a di- a disconnect somewhere with how I present my depression or how it, it shows up versus the reality of what it actually is. So that was that was really interesting to me that Ashley said. And then on the anxiety side, like I'm one of those people that I feel like while Aaron said the 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 depression of I mean not depression, the, the symptoms of being in of anxiety really just stem from being anxious. And I think sometimes we we just overdo that a little bit. But for me, my I always feel anxiety or I feel anxious the most when I'm not in control. And I had to and I think that people try to, yeah. they try to dis- disassociate control and anxiety, but really anxiety, you, you get anxious because you're not in control of a situation or you don't know what's going to happen in the situation. And mm-hmm. I think this year I really, or ending in 20, end of 2018 and throughout 2019, I really learned to recognize when, when, like, I, I definitely know when I feel my anxiety coming up that. I know what it is. Like, I can recognize it. You know how some people, you got this feeling, but you don't, you can't associate it with anything. Mm-hmm, I learned to associate what my feeling was with anxiety, but it took me a while to associate it with the fact that I was feeling anxiety because I wasn't in control. And this is kind of going to lead me into my next question. But oftentimes, and I'll say as Christians, we have to realize that I don't want to say anxiety is not, is not of God, but def- God definitely doesn't give us that, that spirit of just of being an- anxious and I, I think that it stems because we're not in control. Like, period, we're not meant to be in, in control. We're never going to know every aspect of what's going to happen or what's what's to come. And we put when we when we get that expectation that we're supposed to know everything or God is going to give us this, and we're we're expecting to know what's going on and what's about to happen, we force ourselves into this box of anxiety. When it's like, if, I don't want to say if you have a carefree attitude, but if you have a like let go, let God type of attitude, you're you're less susceptible to being anxious because it's just like 
God gonna do it. Like he gonna work it out. I don't know how he gonna work it out. I don't know when he gonna work it out, but I know that he's gonna do it. And I feel when I when I take seconds to decompress like that, and I'm like, this is really bothering me because I don't know what's gonna happen, but I know that God knows, and I know that God would never lead me to a place that that does not want to bring him glory. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, when I started taking that mindset, I felt myself getting anxious. And I one, this is the habit that I I'm happy that I developed because it helps me cope. But just when I feel myself getting anxious, I pray. And my prayer is very simple. Just God have your way and let me be accepting of your way. And I can say when I started doing that intentionally, it my, my anxiety would just start to decrease. And I'm one of those people that because I'm introverted, I think I always get anxious in, so, in social settings, especially when I don't know people or it's like I don't I don't know why I'm here or I don't know. <laughs> like for when we have meetings and I'd be like, why are we having this meeting? And I just don't know. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here. But it's like as soon as I'd be like, all right, well, I mean, clearly this is God moving. So let me just go ahead and be accepting of and be available to whatever he's trying to do. And I'm okay. And I feel like in those moments, I can just feel it decreasing. And it's like, all right, I'm not, all right, what's next? Like, all right, Jesus, what are we about to do here? Mm-hmm. So it's just a little bit. I, I, I definitely would say the biggest tip I have for dealing with anxiety in a controlled sense is really just literally praying. Whenever you feel it, like you feel yourself tensing up or you feel yourself like really fidgety or something just like all right like this is clearly my anxiety let me just go ahead and knock it out like god have your will like let me be accept have your way let me be accepting of whatever it is that you are about to move like let me just move myself out the way because really when we when we're being controlling we're trying to overstep god and it's like he ain't having it he's just not about to have it and it praying one i think humbles us and it allows god to move in whatever way he wants without our emotions and everything getting involved so what I'll say to that is I do the same thing, but I have two songs that I always go to. It's um, Shift in the Atmosphere by John, by Jason Nelson and um, You Are My Peace by Mark St. John Carson. And for me, me, music is a thing that calms me down. So it's just like I can pray, but in worshiping and listening to that, like not saying nothing, that's when I know like it's kind of like I don't want to call it like a lion tamer, but it's really kind of like God, like calming my spirit, like just shifting my atmosphere. God, change what you are going to change, control what you're going to control, like calm my spirit. Like that's constantly a prayer for me and for those around me who I know are going through something like, Lord, I pray that you will be the common spirit they need because that's really when people are going through anxiety and depression, I feel like that's the biggest thing that they need. Like, yes, they need a prayer for, you know, to be released from the anxiety and depression. But I feel like a common spirit in those moments is really something that could help you. So that's my two cents. Uh, uh, Oh, go ahead. My my fault. Uh, I just wanted to piggyback on that too. So like, I guess for me, because my, like what makes me anxious is like doing something wrong. It's like putting trust in the fact that like, I, un- I have to understand that like Aaron you're not perfect you're going to make mistakes but like understanding that I guess that like I told you I gotta show y'all I love I love God for real but like understanding <laughs> that like but understanding that like God is made perfect in my weakness like, oh that's one of my favorite scriptures mm-hmm. sorry I told y'all I, I gotta show y'all I love God he knows that Jesus but yeah like I have to like so like um, like example like I was at my girlfriend's house and we were like watching a movie and like I'll make this story real short. Like, <laughs> I broke something at her house on accident. And, like, my mind, like, went, like, a million different places. Like, 
her mom was sitting there cooking dinner and like like she didn't even like think anything of it but like it's just like we were I, I got up and like immediately like was like trying to clean everything and like my girlfriend is like trying to calm me down like Aaron is like it's okay, it's okay. like calm down calm. and I'm like look look just move like I got, <laughs> I got it. it I'm gonna clean everything up like I messed this up I got it just please sit down move like and I'm getting mad at her Matt like and and like the Holy Spirit like really has been like revealing to me like recently like within like a month's time that like it's anxiety like that's really what it is like like I'm getting mad at her over like a mistake that I made that like it's not her fault and it's really not my fault either it's just like an incidental thing that happened and my mind has now went to like her mom don't like me and like and like so like her mom doesn't like her mom doesn't like locks either. So, like, my mind started thinking about things that don't even got nothing to do with She don't like my hair. Like, oh, my God. Like, and she hates me as a person. Like, which is completely 100% opposite of the truth. Like, I stormed out of her house. Like, I went to the bathroom. I was like, I, I can't even be here. Like, I'm just a mistake. I got to go. Like, and that honestly was, like, the moment that, like, clicked for me. Like, wow, this is, like, this is a problem. Like, this is a thing. And, like, it took... God also puts people in your life that, like, will help reveal things about yourself mm -hmm. that you didn't know. That were, like, so my girlfriend kind of, like, not knowing was, like, I feel like you're getting depressed again. And, like, it clicked in, in that particular moment was, like, this ain't depression, though. Like, I wasn't sad about anything. I was just really, really, like, anxious. I think mm -hmm. that's anxiety. Like, no, nah, that was anxiety, bro. Like, mm -hmm. it wasn't depression at all. She helped you identify it. But, like, because she said that, I mean, I guess through her, like, lack of knowledge, it gave me knowledge. <laughs> in a hey, weird way. don't play with sis. <laughs> in a weird way, but, like, yeah, like, it just, like, that, that was the moment for me that, like, oh, this is, like, something I struggle with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, now how do I attack it kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah. Okay, so let's move right on along. The next question is really, um, how do you feel your spirituality, your like your relationship with God, helped or hurt your anxiety, depression, anything that, like your your mental health in general? Um, so I guess I'll take it first. I definitely think so. Being at Zion, and as long as I have, I've been endowed in my own relationship with God at a very young age. And I think that the first time I ever identified, like, I guess, depression on a, a magnitude of a serious level, the worst has ever been, and the time that I was ever able to identify it happened in college. And it was probably a combination of things. One, being away. Two, I had, like, it was a, a broken up relationship. Like, it was a lot that happened that caused me to go into that depression. And I really feel like at the moment that it happened, I was furthest away from God in my journey of, being not even I'm not gonna say Christian because yes I'm a Christian but in my in my relationship with God it was the the furthest I've been in a very long time because although I started as a young teenager getting really close to God closer to 18 17 I went to church yes I listened to my praise and worship like yes but mm -hmm. I didn't pray I didn't read my Bible like I wasn't connected to God when it comes to a relationship and I think it really showed because my depression made me stay in my room. Like, I'm a freshman in college. Really, I got the easiest classes possible. And I'm spending the majority of my days in New York City in a dorm room by myself with the lights off, the shades cut, cut off, and don't want to speak to none of my friends. Like, 
telling my friend, I'm not going out. I'm not going to get lunch with y'all. I don't want to hang out. I, like, and I was, I couldn't for the longest time under understand and identify why that was the worst time of depression for me. Like, yes, granted, it was like other things that factored into why it was kind of the worst season of depression. But when I identify like my walk with Christ and the relationship now compared to my seasonal depression, even this in this recent year, it's like it's nowhere compared. Like, mm-hmm. I can I, not only can I identify, but I know that when I get depressed now, I'm not only in church and have conversations with like-minded individuals who have all these same relationships with God, but I'm literally like thinking to myself and talking to myself, like Ashley, pray about it. Mm-hmm. Ashley, write it down. Ashley, identify why you're depressed. Identify what the reason is. Identify how you're gonna get out of it, like, and talk to God about it. Because although He already knows, that's gonna help you. And being around Christ-like and people who were, who not only gave me advice on just day-to-day ways to deal with it, but knowing that although I felt depressed again in a season where I'm most closest to God, I was so, I guess I would say equipped because my mind was like, before you was depressed. You knew who God was, but you weren't talking to God. So you couldn't hear what he was saying to you. You couldn't discern what you needed in that moment. But now you know. Now you know who you depend on in a a way that you can literally cry out, say out, do whatever for God's help, for his grace, for his mercy. And you will receive it because of the fact that you knew that it's not okay for me to just go back to my room and be quiet and cry to myself and, and tell my mind, I don't know why I'm depressed. You know, you can identify, you know who you can talk to, and you can hit it head on. So I think, like, being closer to God and, and being more attentive about my relationship with God told me that even if it meant, I don't know what I'm reading in my Bible. If I'm opening my Bible app and I'm like, I'm going to scroll up these scriptures and I'm going to pick a random book and I'm going to read a random verse. And how on time, like, the divine timing of God is ridiculous. How on time, me just saying, I'm about to just scroll, boom, 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 and read it and be like, "Yeah, what?" Like when you can say it's nothing but God, it's yeah. something. It's it's just a, a feeling that's very hard to articulate because it's like it literally was nothing but God. The fact in the moment that I could actually do a random verse, a random book, yeah. and be like, sure. "That was on time." So I definitely think. Like being intentional about not being depressed. Like I'm, depression is not going to take me out. So, be, so being very intentional with saying that I'm not going to allow this sadness or this illness or whatever to determine my ability and my capabilities or God's capabilities. Not take me out of it. Mm-hmm. Like God is is way surpassing the ability to to kill and destroy depression. So why am I sitting here wallowing about it when I can be like God take care of it. And it can be that simple. And although, yes, I might not necessarily get out of it right away, God be like, I got you. I had you before you even asked me. Mm-hmm. And it can be taken yeah. care of. So I think it's the major difference with that. Ooh, that was good. Aaron? Thanks. I don't know how I follow that up. I know, right? When I think about it, I still like want to cry about how bad it was yeah. and how I just realized how it couldn't have not, it, I could have avoided it completely. Yeah. Like I was in Times Square in the middle of Times Square crying, and I'm like, "Son, what's good with you? You were in the middle of Times Square crying for what?" And if I only had, I'd been like, "God, I said whatever prayer or did whatever I need to do in that moment. That yeah. could have all been alleviated. Like it's crazy." So uh, I'm gonna try to follow up your <laughs> SAT answer again with my with uh, not so SAT answer. 
Uh, I think for me, uh, it's just understanding like how God talks to me. I know God talks to me through like signs, other people, and like just like random like acts Ooh, of important. like. Mm, that was good. That was important. That just, was a really that, good that, nugget. That, 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 that was a that, nugget. Oh, I just was saying that you gotta understand like how God talks to you and mm -hmm. like like how He moves. So like for me, it's through signs, other people like pouring into me, and just mm -hmm. like random. Like if I'm not thinking about it, if something just happened, I'd be like, "Hey God, that's that's what's up. You the man." And you, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you want to know what's what the first thing that came to my mind when you said that. Have y'all seen Prince of Egypt? Yes, a and long time ago. I love that movie. Okay, y'all. I my first I time seeing it. Prince of Egypt was literally like a couple, probably like five months ago, and I was really. I don't do cartoons. You have it on tape as a kid. I know I don't do cartoon movies. You knew I didn't like cartoons, so it just wasn't giving cartoons for me. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> when I finally watched it, y'all know how God was talking to Moses. Literally, it was like in the movie, God's voice was like, like he was actually talking. Yeah, and I think it. that. I don't want to say immature Christians, but people that don't understand how God is very unique to the person, yeah. they think that it's always going to be when, like they Some pray for something, they think God voice. will be like, Armani, I told you not to do that. You are supposed to do this. And it's like, before you even continue that, <laughs> what people don't understand is God's voice most of the time is not a mighty roar, it's a whisper. God came God to just Elijah. Slip some in real quick. God came Slip to Elijah not in not in a fire, not in an earthquake, not in a wind in a windstorm, but in a whisper like. And that's the thing that. And I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I, ju I just you cut her off. Her. Um, <laughs> but it's cut her off like, episode right here. <laughs> that's why I feel like we miss God most of the time, myself included, because I'm looking for that great and mighty yeah, sign. You yeah, shake I'm, the room. You, you know, yeah. like oh Jesus, is shaking the, the table. <laughs> <laughs> but it, most of the time, it's going to be those voices in your head those little inklings and you have to know enough that this isn't my voice this isn't some random voice like this is God absolutely and I think Priscilla Shire has a book and a devotion on discerning the voice of God and Girl, I think I just finished it. when I'm you know that. when you know how God like Aaron was saying it's when you know good. how God speaks to you it's it's a lot easier for you to to, to decipher navigate. when it's when it's God when and when it's, it's not yeah. when you when, when you really don't know you you like you be thinking oh would would somebody tell you something oh, is that a sign Jesus like, yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to come gospel. for the church I'm not trying to come for the church it's but then that's spiritual. when we get these over spiritualized Christians that like oh uh did y'all see the leaves blow that's Jesus right there I'm not saying it's not but then like uh. God is trying to show a sign that He's gonna blow some stuff out your life because yeah. I saw the the leaves outside blowing. It's no like, every fall. Like the, it happens every season, Facts. guys. Come on, like let it go. Like, th but like when you know specifically, like, like I know, like if I'm thinking about like uh, what's my next career choice, and somebody randomly just comes up to me, hey, uh, you, should you know, up. you. Are you looking for a job? I'm like, oh, snap. Jesus, Jesus? about to do it. Jesus about to do but a even thing. In those moves, even in those music. moments, you can't forget to pray. Just be, so, yeah. like, you always have to confirm with God because sometimes I feel like the enemy knows that we're looking for those God signs and we're looking for those moments. And I even find in myself sometimes it's like, God, if this is really you, like, give me that, give me that confirming yeah. sign. Yeah. Because I am a type of person, like, 
my confirmation or like my signs from God do come like through people speaking to me most of the time and like God will always confirm what he's already told me through other people so it's like even in those moments I'm like okay God I heard it from this I heard it from you I heard it from this person is this what you want Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm that's good. You you guys are like the bomb dot com. Hire, hire me. <laughs> like, hire me. Like, no, like, no. I need a check. <laughs> Employ me. Period. I need a check. Okay, so I do want to drift a little bit because I think we we didn't all answer the question, but I do think we had like we pretty much spoke for everybody. Do y'all think that spirituality has hurt your mental health journey? Because I do, do y'all not for us personally, but. Do y'all have do y'all hear people say like Jesus isn't enough? Like, and granted, I don't want to say that Jesus isn't enough, but pe- you know how people are like, Jesus created medicine. Like, do you think that there's do you think that there are people, even if it's not you, but do you think there are people that really feel like Jesus is Jesus in the relationship enough is not enough to to cure or rid you of your mental illness? Yes. And I will say that Wait, only she said, I was like, you uh, yes, about people, and people really believe that Jesus is not enough. And I think that we can't undermine that belief, not saying that their faith is not strong enough, but like they said, I'm not going to go as strong as like God made trees, trees made paper. Like I'm not going like that. But at the same time, God did make people qualify to help us. So don't believe because you have your faith that you can't get physical help. If we were meant mm-hmm. to do it alone, we wouldn't have therapists. If we were meant to do it alone, we wouldn't have medication. So I do think there are other regiments that are here to assist us because if gotcha. we would have been by ourselves had God intended for it just to be us and him. Mm-hmm. He put them on here for a reason. Yeah. I'm not going to say we deny yeah. or undervalue or undermine God because of these extra assistant tools but the same way that your mother and your father and your best friend can assist you in getting a dream job and your dream goals then people also are there for that purpose yeah. yeah it's assistance I don't think it's your soul to be your soul strength but it should be assistance don't, yeah. don't make that your soul dependent um, yeah. so I've actually like I think I want to say I've been in that place before like like it's I think I've told people before, like, I mean, I believe God can do anything, but, like, I think it would be, like, unrealistic to say that I'm going to just go to bed and wake up the next morning healed. and I'm going to just be healed because, like, yeah. j- touch, See, touch me with the I oil. I was about and to I'm, say that. I, I, See, I'm spooky wait, spiritual. Wait, so. That's, sorry. That's nah, not nah, I, cut off. <laughs> my bad, my bad, y'all. Go ahead. Uh, but, yeah, like, I mean, I honestly believe that, like, Jesus is a miracle worker. So, like, if that was the case, I honestly, like, yeah. I feel like it could happen, but you scared me with the question at first. But yeah, I feel like that's a very real thought. Like Jesus isn't enough, but like Jesus also provided these other means of like ways for help. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that like you were saying, oh spooky spiritual church. Like again, like the show about to say, I do absolutely believe that God. If he wanted to, in his infinite power, if he wanted to wake up and say, you're healed, it's done. Like, you don't need to go to no doctor. You don't need to see no specialist. I believe that he could do that. But that's not always everybody's story. And I think that when one person says that, it's like in the church, spooky spiritual church, because I think that we are all, we can agree that we're really fortunate to go to a church that, that provides realistic teaching for the day and age that we live in. Like we don't have to worry about our preachers like giving us a spooky spiritual and giving us the they, so we they can't understand. I think that they Jesus. really make the word relatable to where we are in life, no matter how old you are, how young you are in our church. Yeah. So I think that we are blessed to have the passes that we have. But there mm-hmm. are churches out there that's like, you don't need no medicine. Jesus got it. And it's like pull you up on the stage or something. Woo! You are him. Like, Billy, 
need medicine. I would. I <laughs> promise you. medicine. <laughs> Jesus just caught my tongue. Peter, I was about to say name. Peter Popo. Why you say a name? Peter Popo. Why you say a name? D E T. Peter Popoff. I didn't want to say a name though. Who's Peter Popoff? <laughs> Peter Popoff sells the holy water. Oh yeah, I If you just send your $9.99 in today, you can get your personal prayer package. The prayer package comes with, with two water. bottles. This of is holy an commercial, y'all. <laughs> They're not even bottles. It's little packets of water that's oh, you like seasoning. Them before. No, I like seasoning. <laughs> it do look like seasoning. Hey, the like seasoning. This, this package will come with these specific Bible verses today. I'm telling. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. Like, yeah, but people love to make a profit over Jesus. That's why it makes it hard as, as Christians in this day and age. People, ooh, that's a conversation for another day. I it is. I, was, so I saw that. In some I saw to go there. Spot to go there. Ooh, ooh, that's funny. That's really funny. We can but get into it. <laughs> let's move into because we are getting a little lengthy here. So let's move into your coping mechanism, whether whether it's kind of considered a earthly coping, like whether it's something God will be pleased with. Or, or um something that like God is pleased with. Because again, if we being honest, like let's just be transparent to say sometimes we don't always cope in the way that God is pleased with. Absolutely. So just yeah. if y'all can, <laughs> you're comfortable. Really, just give like, what is your like? What do you do to cope with when in anxiety and depressed days? Like, what is what is your go to coping mechanism? Uh, I'll start. Uh, so, um, I'm I would say that I'm not like the most super spiritual person at this table by a long shot. Don't um, say that. Don't do that. What? Y'all y'all more saved than I am. But y'all, <laughs> y'all, How you know? Y'all more saved than I am. How I, you know? I know y'all for 10 years. <laughs> <Whatever. laughs> nah, but um, I think for me, because I'm such an extrovert, my depression like kind of draws me back getting around like good vibes and like good people and like so for me like a big coping mechanism for me is like if i feel down on any given day like i i love 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 them all so like i just go to the mall and just like by yourself by myself girl blessed. girl what y'all don't do nothing i don't go to the mall by myself because i don't like to go to the mall but that's the girl that's what like, i walk walk run, run, listen, all, not buying nothing. listen last saturday i, go to I went mall, to annapolis mall, mall. i went to annapolis mall and i that promise you i was about to go to the movies by myself I was gonna go to the movie. That's therapeutic. Buy, buy that. some popcorn. I was gonna take me on, movies. like take me on a date. You on a date? I was gonna take <laughs> me on a date. So, like that's another big thing. Like self love is the best love. Like Ooh, and that bitches. will that will pull you out of like whatever you going through so fast. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people can't fix it. Like yeah. sometimes, like Boy, people can't. Where the offer plate? <laughs> Pass the offering. Levels, my Pass the offering. Pass the offering. Pass the offering. But yeah, like sometimes people can't fix it. Sometimes, like sometimes you got the power to fix it yourself. Uh, but yeah, it's it's out of tech, no lies. Okay. Yeah, like so sometimes, like it's I'm sad because like so for me, I know like a lot of mine has come for like financial. Like hardships. Tell me about it. Come Tell on, me about what? it. You gotta give it to God, on, man. See, you was a college student. You had it on a different level. I ain't go to college, but uh, yeah. Like so, sometimes I'll just go to the mall and like, like I went to the thrift store and I just bought myself something from the thrift store. That was like retail therapy for me, and I felt mm-hmm. like retail great. Right. Is I love retail therapy. To be I honest, bought like though. a little coat, and I I promise you, I felt like the man going home. Like I have been looking for this coat. I don't want to get long winded, but yeah. Like sometimes it's really just taking yourself like. Self love days, like yeah. mm-hmm. some days it might just be I'm gonna go wash the car today, and that's it. I'm gonna just mm-hmm. vibe out to some music and just wash my car, or like yeah. I'm gonna, I don't know, uh, 
Go get a manicure, pedicure. <laughs> Men, go get manicures and pedicures. Men, Sorry. you heard them. Go Men. get manicures and pedicures. Men specifically. Uh, Nasty uh, feet and fingers is not cute. I'm going to go a step further. Black men. Go get manicures and pedicures. <laughs> Come on, be specific. Because <laughs> look, look, look. There's, there's a thing I always say. The world, we, we are one of the most hated races. I don't, I don't, uh, the views of uh, each specific guest and host on, uh, on the <laughs> podcast is that of their own. Uh, <laughs> that should have been said at the beginning of the episode. But, they but yes, yeah, black, men, black men specifically are one of the most hated races on the planet. Nobody else is gonna love you. You gotta love yourself. That's it. I'll end it there. But like, oh. yeah, love on yourself. That that's my coping mechanism. Love on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can move in a circle. So, agree with Aaron a hundred percent. My coping mechanism, I have two, but they they usually fall in line with each other. Um, if it's a day that I could definitely afford to just call out of work and get rid of my kid and sit by Don't myself. Do my niece like that. Get rid of your kid. Hold yeah, on. Y'all, reword that. Oh, <laughs> I'm that. sitting at a table with people that don't have kids. If y'all have kids, y'all know sometimes you really have to be by yourself. Like kids will drive your depression and I everything work with kids, else. So I know. Through That's the roof. How you going to drop her off? Get rid of her. That sounds like you ain't never going to back again. <laughs> y'all know what I mean. But like <laughs> them days that I could take off work, I will go drop her off and like come sit. And I told y'all, I... I am fueled by alone time. And it's not its not like I'm alone in my room crying. Like, I do have moments that I might cry. But me, my mental health days are banging. Like, I will, if I'm not feeling work, like, if I work four days. I work four days on three days off. If, if it's one of those day, those weeks that I just need a, a fourth day off, it's given a fourth day off. And I will call them <laughs> and be like, I'm sick. What's wrong with you? What my mind is sick. My mind is sick. <laughs> my mind needs some space. And my mind need to just really decompress. So, that's one. But... And again, worship falls into this. Like Didi said, I'm a really worshipy type of person. Like mm-hmm. I can put on a song and it'll change my what? whole entire day. Come on now. So my, again, I would sit by myself and I would sit there and listen to the same song over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And it's like on days that I know I can't detach myself from the world, I may detach myself. Like I might still go to work, but this song is playing through my head. Over, I'm like it's in my earphones. I work 12 hour shifts y'all I will listen to one song for literally 12 hours to make myself just just perk myself up so those are literally my coping mechanisms like isolation and worship period that's alright yeah mm-hmm. um I think to piggyback off sis I definitely say music like I I just I read an article recently about how the power of music and how like just the, the goosebumps all that can give you like but music is wonderful okay like I love music. Whether now to be like we saying transparent, whether it means I need to turn on a, a good trap jump, or whether I need to put on my gospel. Hey, I'm just being real. Like it's it's different moments where I need to uplift, and it's sometimes the uplifting I need is a nine nine and two thousand. But it's not, you know, some. But other times it's Hezekiah Walker. Like you know, it it balances it, huh? Balances everything. It changes, but I definitely say music is probably one of the greatest ones. That it's a coping mechanism for me. And then other than that, um, I'm a, it's a more recent thing, but painting is so therapeutic to me, guys. Like, I I discovered my love for painting in, like, a sip and paint for, like, my 21st birthday. And ever since, I, like, really, like, I I really love it. Yeah, my sister doing, got skills, y'all, too. Like, we did, I, I didn't get that trait. I, I really love it. Like, if I, I literally went out and bought a bunch of acrylics. Like, I got all this stuff for me just to have at home. So if I wanted to do a sip and paint, I had to pay $30 to go do it. I can just do it in my living room. And when I say when I'm, like, I'm depressed. Like, when my uncle, like, my sister talked about my uncle. When he died, I literally 
had a vision in my in my mind about a picture I wanted to paint. I I sketched it out in one of my books and I painted it. And I was like, I oh, felt a little bit better. Too. It was so beautiful. I said, I felt, I felt like I felt a little bit better. Like I, I low key cried in the process of doing it because I'm like I I would never imagine having to do something like this. But at the same time, I was like I I felt great. Like I woke, I finished it, and felt like. <sighs> Like, the sigh you get when yeah. you just have relief. Like, I felt it, and I was like, I know I'm sad, but I drew a picture like of him basically walking into the gates of heaven. And it was like... <sighs> I saw that. Yeah, that Like, was, that's that where good. you at. Like, although I'm sad, although my earth, my earthly body is hurt and, I'm, and I have pain, you're with God. And to it's be like, absent in the it, body is to be present with, with the, the Lord. Lord. Like, no I can't say it's no greater feeling, but I can only imagine, like, yeah, like that just you leaving this crappy world to go and, like, be with Jesus. I'm, yeah. I'm not excited to die, so please don't think I'm, like, saying I'm, this is a suicide <laughs> note. But, y'all, we, in my Queen Esther class, one of our mm, weeks, wow. we had to write a, we had to write our obituary. And when they mm. told us to do, I mean, not our obituary, Ooh. we had to write our, eulogy. our eulogy. eulogy. And when, um, when What's they it? told us to do it, my whole class was like, ugh, really? And I was like, that I don't got an ugh feeling about that. Like, that's something for me that I, I'm i not excited for, but I'm definitely not scared. Of, I'm not scared to die. Like, I'm really, like, at a position in my life where I know when I die where I'm going. And mm-hmm. I cannot imagine the feeling of joy and, like, to be to, to really just meet the king. Like, to meet, to meet our father. So I'm... Actually, like that. This is so off topic, but that um, yeah, that that really just like that for me. Like that's not the greatest feeling, but that's something that I can't say I'm looking forward to it. But I'm definitely not <laughs> running from it. Like yeah, <laughs> and you know, this day and age in the world, I ain't saying I'd rather be in heaven, but I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus, if you decided to take me, it'd be like so. This world is getting crazy. That's actually like funny. Like, um. It actually ties into what we're talking about because, like, I had gotten to, like, a dark place where it was, like, I didn't want to, like, kill myself, but I kind of started getting to that point where it was, like... I'm okay. I mean, hey, look, Jesus, honestly, if you want to take me out, like, I don't want to deal with this no more, like... So, like, but I... Somebody... I forgot who I was talking to, but somebody, like, taught me, like... Sometimes that's, like, an okay place to be, like... But, like, don't get stuck in, like... Jesus take me out mm-hmm. live your life with purpose like yeah. and just be like hey look man like I don't want to live this life but like I'm gonna live it for you God and like you know what I'm saying I'm gonna no, live like, I'm, give you glory. I'm gonna live on purpose and I'm just gonna do what you tell me to do until the day comes when you decide to take me home like yeah. so like just a little bit of encouragement if that's like what you're dealing with like yeah, yeah if give it to Jesus come yeah on. and everybody matters like suicidal thoughts is always gonna hit home with me because I've experienced suicide at a very young age from well not very young like I wasn't a child child but I was in high school and I think witnessing someone really feel like they didn't deserve to have life anymore is just a it's a mm-hmm. hard thing to deal with like it's emotional mm-hmm. even if you don't know the person like to, to, to unravel their thoughts and if you know why you're privileged like if you privilege for someone to tell you why they took their life that's that's in itself is a blessing because at least they can give you some type of clarity and closure. But there's some people who don't even tell you, you don't even know. So like just to know that everyone, you're valued, you're important. Yeah. Like yeah. and even if you don't feel like your mother loves you or somebody else loves you, God loves you more than anybody. Literally, He sent His Son to die. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. Told his son that you can't. Sit, I want you to stop sitting next to me for a second. Take this earthly body. Be born in an earthly body. Live life, 
the way you should and bring people, die for these people who don't deserve it. Like we don't deserve half of the stuff. And God was like, but I want them to be saved. Yeah. I, I love them that much. Like the level of, of godly love is so unfathomable to so many people because it's, it's beyond the love that you have on this earth. Mm-hmm. So know that even when you don't feel loved by these people, literally, that's like if you have a, if you're if you are a mother or if you are a parent, literally mm-hmm. saying, "I love everybody around me so much that this kid that came out of my body or that I produced and I made, I'm willing to let my child die so that you can have life." And that's a sacrifice that is so like it's it's so heavy. Yeah. So if you ever feel like you're alone or you're not loved or no one's there for you no one understands <laughs> honey open your bible yeah <laughs> no one understands like god <laughs> like no one understands like god that was good and i want to say the, the the last um thought that i have on this is piggybacking off of ashley like talking to some people i not to say that i've i've taken for granted the the ability to know god but i think that as people, I don't, and I can't speak for everybody at the table, but I know that me and Ashley have always been raised in the faith. And mm-hmm. I, I can never, I was, I was talking about this with some of my friends. I, I never know, and I will never know what it's like to live in a world where Jesus is not on your mind. And mm-hmm. I think that sometimes as Christians, we downplay that, that people, there are people out here that do not know Jesus for themselves or that have never experienced Jesus for this for themselves and I do not know what it's like to live in darkness and I can only imagine whenever like I hear people commit suicide or things like that I always think like where were they that how like how long have they been dealing with this that they did Jesus was not on their radar because I think like the Bible says if you seek me you will find me and I that's part of my mission like even though this is dedicated for Christian millennials, my goal in the end of this is to reach people that are that, that are millennials that are our age that do not know Jesus, and that that what we go through and what in our trials and our tribulations as just life in this in this faith that they will learn that Jesus is there, and when you seek Him, He is there for you. Like like the song you waited is it that now that is heavy for me because it's like you can somebody can not know Jesus. I don't know if y'all saw this. On Facebook the other day, I saw a guy. He was in hospice. If y'all know anything about hospice, when you go to hospice, you is about to die. Like, there's no question <laughs> about it. it. You, is you about to, to kick the bucket bro. any day now. Like, and also, I'm not, like, y'all I'm trying to be funny, but not on no funny stuff. Like, if you're in hospice, you about to bro. kick the bucket. The guy in hospice had came and got baptized. Like, I, and I want to say he had been there for a week. And he made a decision to get baptized. And I, when I read this on y'all, I cried because I'm like, this is this is why Jesus died. Like for people to for people that do not know him to have life and to have life abundantly and have like it's like dang this that could have been his last day on earth. And he he, he really he made a decision to surrender and die and like live his last thirty minutes if if that was the case for Jesus. And it's like I really want people that struggle with mental illness and and really can't find their footsteps in the faith and navigate how to operate where we are in the faith to to learn that Jesus is there and when you seek his help he's always willing to provide it and offer it for you y'all got any last remarks this was a good episode this is a good episode
Nah, mm-hmm. y'all, y'all kind of said everything. Shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was instant. Yeah. Y'all are amazing. Again, thank y'all so much for joining us. Um, of course, I'm coming back. I'm trying to get hired. Yes. Again, if you or anyone else you're hearing this and you want to come join us on the podcast, as always, my Instagram is Millie Walk Talk Podcast on I said on Instagram. That's that's our Instagram. M I L L I W A L K T A L K podcast on Instagram. And our Gmail is Millie Walk Talk Podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us an email, shoot us a DM if you want to come give your insight, you want to come give your testimony. There's something that God is calling you to speak on, you want to share on this platform. Please. Um, and again, I have y'all with me so y'all can share y'all Instagrams. People can follow y'all. Let's grow this. Let's grow this faith thing. Uh, my, um, my uh, social media is, is uh, Sauce Drip. That's <laughs> Hey, look, I'm the sauciest comedian uh, person okay, you will drip. ever. Listen, Screaming. listen. I said uh, uh, low self-esteem was one of my things. This is me being stepping this up. This is me yeah. right, speaking, the- speaking 2020 uh, life to that. Uh, but, yeah, it's S-A-S-A-U-C-E-D-R-I-P-P underscore at Instagram. And hit me up. At Instagram. <laughs> at Instagram. Yeah. And uh, uh, we looking for sponsors, too. All right, shameless plugs. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and mine is Life's a Battle. Um, well, that's an underscore battle. So L-I-F-E-S-A underscore B-A-T-T-L-E. Alrighty, guys. So we're about to pray out. Aaron's going to go ahead and lead us in prayer. Um, all right, uh, Father God, just thank you for uh bringing us here. Just thank you for uh, allowing us to be a part of this experience. Uh, Father God, I just ask that you would just grow this podcast to just be uh, amazing and just reach uh, uh millions of of millennial lives and just lives uh of all age ranges. Uh, Father God, I just specifically pray pray for uh people who are struggling with mental health. Uh, I just pray that you would just uh, be with them, just heal them, uh, just walk with them, just help them to know that they're loved and that uh, there's always uh, someone out there uh, willing to touch touch and agree with them and just uh, help pull them out of whatever dark places they may be in. Uh, I just pray that, um, uh, that you would just be present with them. And uh, yeah, I just pray for the success of this podcast. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 And... Like I said, if you, if oh, like I said, if you guys, um, Aaron actually tried to give us a little shameless plug. If you want to donate, you want to support, you want to know how you can support Millie Walk Talk, you can go ahead and go to our um, hire me. The the link will be in the show notes for you to submit a donation. We appreciate any and all donations you guys would like to give us to just advance the kingdom. Hire me and. Hire him. (laughs) All right, guys. See you guys later. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Bye, guys.